Dunning was stunning, Mize amazed, and Keller was stellar. And I'm here to discuss all this with Michael Beller. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Thursday, August 20th. I'm Al Melchior, and I'm here with Michael Beller. I, I, I was inspired to be poetic there, Michael. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I've got, <laughs> I've got a, my name. My name rhymes with a lot of stuff, so it, it works very well. But, man, I mean, you sent me this. I had a chuckle. It sounded even better than I could have imagined. <laughs> well, um, and I have to admit, um, I, I'm pretty sure that the Royals announcer um, said Keller was stellar. Uh, during the game that's okay so it's you know uh, give credit where eventually credit's we're all doing Shakespeare at some point <laughs> that's right that's right so <laughs> well, let's uh kick it off with uh Dunning and Mize really nice debuts for both of them and if you look at the the line in the box score it might not look all that sensational but both pitchers did run into a little bit of trouble in the fifth inning uh neither pitcher made it through the fifth inning but both were outstanding through four. Both got a lot of swings and misses. Um, both racked up the strikeouts. My seven strikeouts and four and a third. Dunning, uh, same thing. Seven and four and a third, uh, both allowing three runs. But again, um, a little bit misleading. And I think particularly in the case of Dunning, uh, the three runs came mm-hmm. on a uh, Jamer Candelario home run. And uh, the home run was sort of a, a fence scraper. Uh, you know, not it, it was it was legit, but you know, not the hardest hit home run in uh, in Major League history. Uh, but uh, Dunning, seventeen swings and misses on just seventy three pitches. So uh, I feel good about going with both of these pitchers uh, in in the coming week, and and both could have two starts. Yeah, they both look good. Uh, I live in Chicago. This is on local TV. I was able to catch a couple of innings of both of these guys live while uh, bouncing around to some other games, and uh, they both look great. I mean, they both delivered, and you know, could you have asked for a little more? Sure, if you're greedy, but let's be realistic about uh, guys making their first starts, their major league debuts. They both look great. Mize, you also have to factor in uh, facing a pretty powerful White Sox lineup. I mean, they both delivered exactly what you would ask for or something within the range of things you would be asking for. So feel great about what they did tonight. Feel great about their futures. Uh, guys who are, I, I'm going to be, you know, pretty much I feel comfortable starting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we can make the opposite point for Dane Dunning as well, that uh, it's a sensational start. I think we need to give him credit for it, but he was facing a Tigers team that is uh, among the most prone to strike out in the majors. So Maybe not such a, a crazy whiff rate at his next start, whenever that is. But um, yeah, uh, excellent starts from both of them. So we'll go from that uh, really fun and great news for those two pitchers to some less great news for uh, the Houston Astros. Jordan Alvarez, who uh, was just placed on the injured list now, he reportedly will have to undergo surgery on a partial tear of his right patella tendon. And so that's going to uh, be it for Alvarez in terms of the 2020 season. And also, um, and this is fairly late breaking for uh, right now, of course, uh, you know, come time when you're, you're listening to this, you may have a little bit more information, but um, on Wednesday night, Alex Bregman had to leave the Astros game early with a leg or ankle injury uh, that according to Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle. So, um, 
you know, obviously we'll be tracking that one for a while. That could be very, very bad news for the Astros. And of course, the loss of Alvarez uh, is definitely bad news for the Astros. Uh, Abraham Toro is gaining some playing time with uh, Alvarez out, but with, with Toro in the lineup, it's it's really hard to see where, at least in the short term, that there's there's anybody really worth putting on the fantasy radar because they're they're kind of down to their depth in in terms of hitters, um, in terms of who they can bring up. Yeah, I don't think there's really any immediate ad here, any immediate move. Um, maybe someone will show themselves worthy of being considered in the fantasy baseball world. But right now, it really doesn't seem like anyone should jump up on your radar. They also expect to get Michael Brantley back from the IL over the weekend. Uh, all signs point to him being activated on Saturday. He made the trip with the team, so that right there is good news that they expect him to be ready to go at some point this weekend. So you're going to have some people losing playing time there as well when Brantley comes back and gets in the lineup every single day. Right now, no move to make here. I'm not sure there will be one the rest of the season. Right, yeah, I think uh, that that's uh, exactly the case. And, uh, you know, if there is a problem with Bregman, then, you know, it's sort of a one-for-one swap in the lineup where maybe Toro moves to third base and then Brantley mm-hmm. just, you know, resumes his position and, and you have sort of a status quo situation there. Uh, also, bad news for the Blue Jays. Nate Pearson placed on the injured list with shoulder tightness. Of course, Pearson struggling uh, in his starts. Um, so maybe an explanation there, but uh, certainly not good news for them. And a similar situation in terms of there is a readily available replacement coming off of the injured list, Trent Thornton, who has been on the injured list with elbow inflammation. He is expected to start against the Phillies on Thursday. So um, no need to be looking through the depth chart there. It just looks like Thornton's going to plug right back into the Blue Jays rotation. Uh, Rockies have uh, an impact injury. David Dahl on the injured list uh, with lower back soreness. Brendan Rodgers getting the call there. But I don't think that's a clear case of Rodgers just uh, plugging into the lineup and, and getting a lot of playing time. Uh, Rockies uh, can do a lot of mixing and matching there. Uh, do you think there's enough appeal to look at Rodgers in any sort of mixed league? I could see going after him in a 15-team mixer, take a shot on him, see what his playing time shakes out and ends up being just because of the associated ceiling that he brings to the table. I could definitely see dipping my toes in the water. I would still need to have a flexible roster. I need to have a, a roster spot that I had some ability to, to play around with. If I, you know, I wouldn't be cutting anyone who was already an established player for me, someone who I already felt pretty comfortable with having, uh, even if it's not someone I start every single week, someone who I feel pretty good about just being a depth piece. I don't think I'd be moving someone like that to get Rodgers, but if I had a spot to play with, why not give it a shot? Yeah, well, he certainly does have the upside to justify that flyer uh, for sure. And we've got some injury news now from the Reds. Mike Moustakis coming off of the injured list and then Nick Senzel going on it. Uh, an undisclosed health issue for Senzel. We also have a rotation situation with the Rays. Yanni Chirinos going back on the injured list, this time with an elbow strain. His replacement quite likely could be Charlie Morton, who threw a bullpen session on Tuesday and may be ready to return to the Rays rotation this weekend. Of course, he's been out with a shoulder injury. So uh, bad news for Yanni Chirinos, but at least you have an opportunity perhaps to see Charlie Morton pitch this weekend and see uh, how he looks uh, going into the coming week. And looking ahead to the coming week, and uh, I guess it's not too early to do that as we're, we're not far off from the weekend here. No, On Wednesday night, Jack Flaherty made his uh, first pitch since the, uh, or first start rather, and his first pitch since the uh, Cardinals came back from being paused. Um, <laughs> he only got through 41 pitches and that took him 
through just one and two-thirds innings against the Cubs in the first game of their doubleheader. So Flaherty could really be limited uh, in terms of innings per start for a little while, but he should make two starts next week, home starts against the Royals and the Indians. Pretty nice matchups. Figure that that pitch count is also going to get bumped up with each successive start. So I don't see any risk here, or Mm -hmm. should I be a little bit more worried? No, I don't think you do. I think they're just being smart with him. You ease him back in. He was probably going to be limited to somewhere in the 40 to 45 pitch range, no matter what. And then there was also the mitigating factor that the Cardinals jumped all over Alec Mills in that game, scored like four or five runs in the first inning. And in the seven inning game, they basically had the game in hand uh, right off the bat. So maybe that even limited his pitch count a little bit more. Maybe if that game was a little closer uh, early on, he would have gone a little farther. So no, not concerned at all about where his pitch count is. Even if they only bump him up to, you know, let's say 65-70 in that first start. I still want Jack Flaherty against the Royals. Even if I know I'm only getting three innings, I still might get, you know, seven strikeouts and three perfect innings. Uh, And then uh, even against that Indians team that has got a little bit more thump in it than Kansas City's does, uh, Jack Flaherty is not a guy who you sit in any sort of matchup, even if he's on a pitch count. So I feel totally fine rolling him out there next week. All right. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I think uh, with a likely double dip there, there's uh, there's not much risk. And uh, it's it's hard to sit Jack Flaherty in just about any kind of situation. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, there were there were a couple of other really notable performances in that double header. We'll get to those shortly. But I, I really feel like I'd be remiss to talk about standout pitching performances on Wednesday without starting with. And granted, we always already talked about Mize and Dunning. But those two pitchers aside, I think we really need to talk about Brad Keller because he nearly had a, a no-hitter, not an official no-hitter because it was a seven-inning doubleheader game. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and he wound up yes. with, a, with a really impressive line. Six and two-thirds scoreless innings, just three hits, uh, five strikeouts, three walks. And he has not given up a run this year. So, um, you know, he's just Brad Keller. He just doesn't give up runs, apparently. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> this year, at least. Yeah. So uh, you think he'll keep this up all season? Just no runs? Uh, You you know what? It would be a hell of a story, Al. It would be great. I'm sort of cheering for it at this point. But, uh, I mean, I don't know know what's going on here. I mean, this is a total departure from the pitcher that we've seen over two full years. I mean, right, we're talking about a guy who came into this year having made 48 career starts, 69 career appearances, and never really showed any sign of having this club in his bag. But – you know, now we've seen it from him, and uh, you got to tip your cap and and really start to look into uh, what could be different for him this year that is driving this. I mean, a, a three start run of these uh, of these numbers we've just never seen from him. Seventeen and two thirds, no runs, uh, a whip comfortably below one. Uh, you got to look into this, and certainly, no matter what you find, he is worth kicking the tires on if he is still available in your league. I was way off Keller even as a late round guy this year, and. Yeah, I'm coming to regret that because uh, we're starting to see uh, the looks of someone who could be a different pitcher. Another great performance here on Wednesday night. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we can uh, make amends for that and fab in some of our leagues uh, this coming weekend. And, uh, you know, to get back to what you were saying in terms of digging into it, I've done a little digging and it's, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly what's going on there. I mean, he's obviously stranded all his runners. So that's a bit of luck that mm-hmm. uh, is likely to come to an end at some point. <laughs> uh, the whip is really low because he's not giving up many hits on balls and play. And for some pitchers, uh, you, you can look at that and say that you can expect more of that to come, but he's been extreme in that regard, but he also has been, as he has been in past seasons, really, really good at limiting hard contact. 
And uh, Michael, you and I talked about earlier in the week, Tyler Glass now, I admitted to benching him this week. I now admit to regretting that decision. He had a really nice start against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium on Wednesday night. Uh, five and two thirds, two runs, eight strikeouts. So uh, next week, uh, a scheduled double dip, home or a home start against the Blue Jays, a road start against the Marlins. That's a pretty nice schedule. And he's Tyler Glass now, and he appears to be back on track. Don't get too cute, Al. <laughs> don't get don't get too cute with your stars. It was a really rough start to the season for him, but he's Tyler Glass now for a reason. You never get too cute with your stars. I don't think I've ever benched a star pitcher uh, because of a couple of bad outings in a row, and that is just never going to change for me. They are who they are. We love them for a reason, and you always have to bet on them bouncing back in their next outing. Yeah, Tyler Glass now definitely good to go. Rich Hill, uh, different story there. Uh, made his first start coming off of the injured injury list. Um, two and two thirds, four runs, only one strikeout, three walks, threw fifty three pitches, only three swings and misses, and his fastball velocity was down uh, from where where it typically was a year ago. So uh, really, no good signs there for Rich Hill, unfortunately. Yeah, I might want to see um, a good outing from him before I trusted him in my lineup, especially when you consider that he is pushing 40 years old also. uh, I'm not going to be trusting him until I see some positive signs that the injury is comfortably behind him. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, get back to that Cubs-Cardinals doubleheader game two. A couple of um, first starts on the season. Uh, Well, one, a major league debut, Johan Oviedo Mm -hmm. for the Cardinals and then for the Cubs, the return of Adbert Alzelay. Uh, to the rotation, and both were outstanding. Uh, both went five innings, uh, Alzale allowing one run, six strikeouts for him. Or Yeah, one run, but none earned for Alzale. Right. Uh, Oviedo, two runs, uh, four strikeouts. Uh, I'm not sure where there's a spot for Oviedo, even though he certainly pitched well enough to merit more work in some kind of capacity. But Alzale, I think he, uh, he may have earned himself a rotation spot. Uh, how's that look to you? I think it's going to be sort of a tough sell only because, right, Alec Mills got knocked around in game one, but he's been mostly good this season. Jose Quintana uh, is scheduled to um, throw a bullpen session later this week. Got to think that he is coming back to the rotation. Tyler Chatwood, uh, we'll see where he stands in his recovery. There might not be a spot for him either. I don't think there is a spot when all those guys are healthy. I mean, there's not a spot for you know Mills or, or Quintana when all those guys are healthy. So I think Alzali might get squeezed, but... For the time being, he definitely looked great in that game, too, that he uh, that he started, and uh, he could at least stick for another turn or two through the rotation. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, there's some some value there, at least in the short term. And then just real quickly, because I don't want to totally neglect the hitters, a lot of great pitching performances, uh, but the Red Sox, uh, their three, arguably their three hottest hitters, uh, all had good games against the Phillies, um, Alex Verdugo, Kevin Pillar, Mitch Moreland. Uh, do any of them seem legit to you? Because really all three are available in, in pretty much uh, the vast majority of 12-team leagues at this point. They even got a win. How about that? They even and a win. Up, they even picked up a win. Um, you know, Mitch Moreland uh, is going to hit for power. Uh, so at least you can rely on that. And I think you and I have talked about this before. When we're talking about guys who are in this range of player, I look first to at least one reliable trait. And Mitch Moreland has shown us over the last few years that the pop's going to be there mostly. So I could buy Mitch Moreland. I could buy Mitch Moreland as a corner infielder or as a utility sort of player, a guy who uh, can can bring a little bit of power to the to the table for me. For Dugo Pilar... Don't really do too much for me. I mean, Pilar doesn't really do anything for me at all. I think he's just in a little bit of a hot streak. But uh, Moreland is someone who I can get on board with. All right. Well, at least, you know, one out of three. 
there's uh, somebody there to, to be checking your waiver wire for. And somebody else you should definitely definitely be looking for, uh, particularly in shallower leagues where he may still be, be available, is Jake Cronenworth. And Andy McCullough has written a really nice piece. So if you want a little bit more background on Jake Cronenworth, check out Andy's piece in The Athletic. Step into the Crone Zone, how Jake, Jake Cronenworth became a steal for the Padres. Uh, that is our featured read for today. And that's going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would really appreciate it if you do take the time to do that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Friday. 